Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about how the entire fabric of reality can be messed up by one person having a temper tantrum. I'm MT, and I am here today with the one and the only Eric Voss. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing good, MT. Hey, if that one person throwing the temper tantrum is Loki Laffy's son, Odinson, I'd happily live in that world. <laughs> Same here. I mean, Loki's got a totally fine mind that'll be totally fine. Perfect universe. Yeah, let's just give him a chance. Give him a chance to burn everything down and just see what he does, right? You know, you know I, I want to see his glorious purpose manifest. I would love a universe where everyone was just wearing those gigantic horns. Just everyone's yeah. mandatory Let's horns. normalize that. Let's normalize uh, <laughs> horn crowns. As we slowly creep into the next phase of the MCU, we keep seeing and hearing the word Nexus pop up all over the place. I mean, in WandaVision Episode 7, the in-universe commercial defined Wanda as a Nexus being, which was later revealed to be an intended message from one Dr. Stephen Strange, which I, yeah. I wish we saw, but that's okay. And now in the first episode of Loki, we are shown that there's this whole big bad bureaucratic task force working around the clock <laughs> to keep Nexus events from ruining the sacred timeline. We know that there's a lot of Nexus history in the Marvel comics, so that got us thinking about this week's big question, which is which characters in the MCU might be Nexus beings? Yeah, that's a great question, MT. What does the word Nexus mean to the mm. MCU? And let's look at all the different definitions and what we know from the comics and see if mm. we can figure out what Loki's next move is gonna be with this as we look ahead to titles like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Let's do it. So in the Marvel comics, Nexus beings, sometimes referred to as Nexi, mm. uh, are extremely rare and powerful entities that have the ability to upset the future by affecting probability, as well as the just whole flow of the universal time stream, and they're really detached from any one reality. Rather than them existing in a reality, the reality kind of exists in them, right? Hmm. I guess you could kind of say. Uh, they transcend the reality, I think is the best way to talk about that. Okay, okay. Yeah, because they are so powerful, they really need to be kept a close eye on by groups like the TVA and the Timekeepers. Right. Really, we were first introduced to this concept of Nexus Beans in 1990 in Avengers West Coast, Volume 2, Number 61. In this comic, Immortus, a.k.a. Kang the Conqueror. Mm. Uh, he wasn't Kang the Conqueror yet. We just knew him as Immortus. <laughs> he brings a bunch of villains from the future to the present, and it's in this issue that Wanda Maximoff is revealed to be a Nexus being. Nexus being. <laughs> Nexus being. Well, which was really just like late 80s, early 90s. They're like, let's just come up with new weird words with a letter X in it that we can um, use to. It just makes uh, it sound like the word Nexus is actually the primo word to make something yeah. sound cooler. It's like, oh my God, it's my, it's my Nexus toaster. <laughs> it just yeah. toasts bread in a Nexus way. Totally Nexus, dude. <laughs> it was before quantum in the MCU. Now, right? they just, just put quantum in front of everything. Just put Nexus in front of everything. Wow, yeah, that's what we do here. Oh, oh you see my, my Nexus staff. Uh oh, that's a Nexus store. Don't go through that one. Oh, yeah, no, this is our Nexus. Owen machine. Wilson is on point, bro. It is on point. It's so good. I do my best. Yeah, no kidding. So back to the comics later in Scarlet Witch Volume 1, number 4, that was in 1994. It is established here that only one Nexus being exists on each of the parallel worlds of the multiverse. Mm. So Earth 616, the main Marvel Comics timeline, that Nexus being is the Scarlet Witch. Right. Uh, in this comic, she's visited by Lore, a mm. Nexi from another dimension that has the power of necromancy. Yes. So she's consumed by her own world and since then has ventured into other realities to consume their 
their dimensions. And MT, I know you're a fan of uh, the. No, uh, I'm a big fan of lore in the comics because I um I actually have I think her first, one of these are first appearances. Uh, Ooh, I forget which one, but like, these looky, are two looky. comics back to back. And uh, I, at one point during WandaVision, I seriously thought that Agatha Harkness was lore or a combination between Agatha Harkness in the comics and lore because um, lore is a necromancer and Agatha Harkness was doing some necromancy. I, I assume that she was doing some necromancy yeah. type stuff with, with Pietro. We had a lot of assumptions yeah. about what Agatha Harkness <laughs> was doing. She might still have some necromancy going on. We know she killed a dog, um, but resurrect it. Hmm, I, mean, I hope so there's I mean, still time there's if, if still I want time. any mcu character to come back it's sparky oh, yeah! <laughs> so next i each have unique powers and in the scarlet witch's case it's hex power hex magic mm. but uh no matter what individual powers they may have each nexus being has the ability to alter reality to change the fabric of the world around them right so while nexus beings can affect the flow of time and therefore are potentially super dangerous to their reality they are also considered a keystone of the multiverse so mm. without nexus beings anchoring each universe there wouldn't be the stability to maintain the multiverse and it plays into the importance of the organization like the tva to watch over all these nexus beings like right. you need a nexus being to exist in order to maintain the fabric of that reality but yet that same nexus being has the ability to tear down that reality so it's really they're they're all very unstable themselves but that instability is crucial in a way yeah like it's it's like they're they're keeping everything together but like they could be unstable so like you need an organization like the tva just or or you know your doctor stranges to just keep an eye on the scarlet witch which is why agatha harkness was freaking out when she realized who wanda was and her foot when she realized her full potential and she's yeah. just like, oh my God, like, what are you, like, you are the Scarlet Witch and you're crazy. So the founder yeah. of reality is going to die. <laughs> you can fix anything, mom. Fix it dead. Right. And now I'm freaking yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, you're too powerful. You're God level power, right? Yeah. So uh, just to run down some uh, quick list of the known uh, Nexus beings in the comics, of course, Scarlet Witch, that's Earth 616. And mm. uh, we see that really play out in the House of M comics, right? Mm. That we hoped would come about in WandaVision, but it seems like they might be going that direction in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, Fingers where um, Wanda Maximoff just basically resets reality chaotically over and over and over again uh, until creating this House of M reality where mutants are uh, running society. Uh, and that leads to a whole battle that her, has her saying no more mutants and then uh, a lot of mutants just poof uh, erased from existence there's another nexus being is uh Elian? ellen ellen <laughs> ellen degeneres uh she was a witch queen that was also a nexus being lore absorbed her powers and possessed her physical form mm. uh there's a character leonard tippett uh, who didn't know he was the Nexus being, almost caused a nuclear holocaust on Earth by affecting probability. The Watcher saw what was going on and then kind of manipulated the Avengers into Wait, stopping so him. So you're telling me that there's a Nexus being named Leonard Tibbet and he's like one of the most scariest beings? <laughs> oh yep. no, better watch out for Leonard Tibbet, the Nexus being. <laughs> I'd be afraid of Leonard Tibbet even before knowing he's a Nexus being. Be like, keep an eye on that one. Anyone named Leonard Tibbet capable of anything. Make sure you're really nice to Leonard Tibbet. Uh, yeah, he's, just... he's, the, he's the one who will snap first. Uh, yeah, he's got he's got lists. I really hope we don't have a Leonard Tibbet watching. <laughs> 
another <laughs> Nexus being that pops up is uh, one named Seisneg. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a magic wielding being that Doctor Strange and Mordo had to deal with. It's a time traveler from the 31st century that absorbed all the magical energy in the mad in the Marvel universe in order to recreate the Big Bang, so life could start over. A lot of these Nexus beings just kind of show up in one-off comics, and they just yeah. needed to heighten to like some kind of god-level uh, reality rewriting being. That's an example here. In fun uh, fact, Seisneg named backwards Genesis. Which is now, uh, Merlin actually, yes, uh, our friend from the Camelot era, Mm. uh, does reside in a pocket dimension near Earth called Otherworld, Mm. uh, was even the Sorcerer Supreme at one point, technically, has immense magical powers. Now, of course, we've skipped over the one who we know for sure is coming in the MCU, Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, he is uh, the one of the greatest time traveling villains of Marvel lore. Uh, and we'll show up in Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania hopefully in Loki that'd be cool to see him established there just makes a lot of sense to see Mm. him now Franklin Richards in uh, some of the what if comics uh, Mm. becomes like a nexus being and then Vision from Earth 90110 um, that was uh, my favorite teen soap opera version of Vision (laughs) Uh, there is a nexus being version of Vision named Ultra Vision Uh, same powers as Earth 616 Vision but uh, in his reality he's kind of the lead guide the world as well as the head of the avengers in that reality Jean gray from earth 9250 and of course Jean gray the mutant incredible psychic powers access to the phoenix force right, right. considered uh next being there and then uh odin borson from earth 9260 similar mm. to uh that of odin borson from earth 616 this version is the true nexus being now the term nexus comes up in other places like in marvel comics there's uh, what's called the nexus of all realities right, right. and this is a uh, physical space that forms the cross-dimensional gateway between the multiverses uh and it first appeared in marvel's fear number 11 1972 that's the man thing comics so basically a couple kids are gooping around and one of grandpa's occult textbooks uh and then they open up the nexus before getting bored they head off to the movies and it's left the man thing to deal with it but um (laughs) it just kind of leaves it there so there's that but then there's also another version of nexus in the mcu Mm. that should have been age of ultron when Tony right. Stark visited what was called the Nexus uh, the to try to track down. It's the internet. What is it? This gen is the internet. They called it Nexus. It might have just been um, a simple term for it because a Nexus just means like a gateway across things that should be separate. Right, mm. so I think that's why it was called that. But who knows, maybe that could be uh, revisited as like something that allowed for gateways between dimensions to be open because mm. it just uh, is accessing information networks beyond the barriers of time and space. Okay. Ah. Check this out. Take a look at this. Christ. It's also interesting that you have a character like uh, a Vision and White Vision that have uh, had this connection with Wanda's hex reality if they're irradiated by her CMBR and mm. if they have the kind of information access that Ultron had uh, could that lead to some kind of nexus opening up through that character? Oh yeah, like that, that'd be a really really great opportunity to do that because they are irradiated by this this chaos magic now, especially White Vision. Yeah. Because like, White Vision, or Vision, I guess, used to be powered by Mindstone Energy, and now White Vision is now powered by Chaos Magic. So, in, uh, Speaking of WandaVision, that's where Nexus has come back and is presented in a way that seems like this is where the MCU is headed, starting with uh, this commercial for Nexus antidepressants. And the way it was described by the voiceover is interesting. They say this Nexus drug can, quote, 
anchor you back to reality or the reality of your choice. Mm. And this ad was made for Wanda, or at least, uh, you know, the reality warping powers that Wanda emits. I just think it's a manifestation of her Nexus powers. And I think the fact that in earlier drafts of WandaVision, the commercials were definitely going to be coming from Doctor Strange reaching out to her, uh, tells us that it's, it's coming from a place of authority. It's not just there by accident, that there was an intention by calling this Nexus. I wonder... If like Wanda is one of the few people that it, from her native universe that can actually go to a different universe without, you know, breaking down or, or being like rejected because they're not native of that universe. Right. So, um, I mean, obviously we're going to do some universe hopping in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness via Miss America, most likely. But, you know, it just I just want to see like what how that Nexus moniker or title um, plays out. I love this line in the commercial that says, Because the world doesn't revolve around you. Mm. Or does it? Like, it's <laughs> it's starting to give us, like, the, the meaning to characters who are Nexus beings. This is mm. how it's going to feel. Like, I think WandaVision was just, like, a sample of what will be on a macro scale in Multiverse of Madness. Wanda just created a pocket dimension that spanned the limits of a town. But what happens when that pocket dimension spans an entire planet, uh, a galaxy, Mm. you know, uh, an entire universe uh, gets warped around this one individual person. And from her point of view, this is normalized. It's what it's always been. You don't remember what came before. It's actually similar to what Thanos was going to do in Endgame, right? He's going to use the stones that they had collected for him to tear the universe apart and start over. And that the people who populated that new universe would have no idea what came before. Right. Uh, that's essentially what Wanda's doing now. That'd be nuts. Absolutely nuts. Now, what's interesting is that Loki is giving us a, a more specific and technical uh, mm. understanding of how Nexus events occur on a very, very small scale. Um, and I don't think it suggests that every person, every variant who creates a Nexus event is a Nexus being. Um, because yeah. it's kind of suggested that anybody from Loki to Josh Fadum's character to that one scroll to any of the <laughs> detainees to Mr. Um, uh, Rocky Bullwinkle character, the yellow dude, can become a Nexus being. I think it happens all the time. Yeah. And I think it's suggesting that if these characters become masters of it, then they evolve into Pick a up Nexus up. being. Oh. So the idea is they show these Nexus events occurring, right? You see mm-hmm. it in, in Miss Minutes cartoon segment where you see this guy. Uh, he uh, jumps onto a, a new branch, branch in time to go off of where he was supposed to go from the destined sacred timeline. Now, in this cartoon, they don't specify what enables this. Mm. In Avengers Endgame, the Ancient One said that the removal of an Infinity Stone was kind of the key that created this branch reality. But uh, they don't show any of these other detainees other than Loki having any particular Infinity Stone on them. I don't know how Josh Fadum's character, whose dad worked for Goldman Sachs, it sounded like, (laughs) would be able to possess any of these Infinity Stones. I was just like, how did did you get into trouble, my dude, with the TVA? What did you do? (laughs) But maybe that is true. Maybe each of these people, like, they accidentally got their hands on the Eye of Agamotto, uh, or they accidentally held uh, the suitcase containing Loki's scepter, not realizing what was inside, uh, or the orb that contained the Power Stone rolled over to them uh, from when like Star-Lord and Rocket and Gamora were tussling over it, and they just picked it up, they're like, some scroll on Xandar was like, I guess this is mine now, and walks off with it, and creates a new branch timeline, not realizing he's a variant, the way Loki didn't realize 
realized he was a variant when he took the Tesseract. Yo, like, that's what I love about this show. Because, like, there's heavy. Like, the, the Rick and Morty is very strong in this show. Like, the vibes. Yes, and, like, the, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that dude could have been from anywhere in the timeline. He could have been in the distant future. Like, we don't know who this mysterious golden Goldman Sachs son of the Goldman is or was now that he's dead or dead or do you think he was killed there or just like reset back to where he was supposed to be because I think killing him would disrupt the timeline that he was taken from would it not maybe yeah, I think you're right because maybe it does more of like a reset type thing because in the in the comics the retcanon was said to rewind you in the timeline so like if I'm not mistaken so like it would make sense if, if, if his uh, molecular structure or whatever was just like all right you're going like back to like to the moment where yeah. you branched off and like everything's fine. Either way, I hope it was really painful. Like I hope being Rick Cannon <laughs> on dick. the fly like that is just too. like, I feel my cells and my molecules moving backwards <laughs> and it hurts. That's what I wanted Tenet to be. I wanted Tenet to be not just a simple predestined loop time travel story. I wanted it to be like, it required an immense amount of energy expent by people who would move backwards through time that would do irreparable damage to their bodies as they move backward in time. And that's why I thought like, oh, that's why they have to wear oxygen masks that's why you see people in hazmat suits. Like, I thought, like, people who move in reverse entropy are, like, a weird kind of radiation that um, causes their cells and molecules Yo, to break that'd apart. that'd be dope. I, but no, nope, nope, it wasn't that. Imagine if they, like, like de-aged the more that they used their power. Just like, I'm using chrono energy, so now I'm getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of like um, Monster Girl from uh, Invincible. Yeah, no, oh, that, that'd be great. Or like in uh, that movie Looper, how you saw Paul Dano's mm. characters, like his uh, like his limbs were falling apart, his fingers were getting erased, and it seemed to hurt, like yeah. he was staggering around. <laughs> I want to see pain. Feel <laughs> Give me some pain. pain, Loki. Give me some pain. That's how it feels! But I think the idea is that Loki is basically suggesting these Nexus events are small, little, isolated events that happen by accident. Mm. But... But, but, if but. Uh, some character gets a good handle on this, if anybody starts to realize the power that comes with that and then intentionally creates Nexus events, that mm. makes them uh, on par, potentially, with Nexus beings. Because at that point, they might not even remember what their home timeline was. They're just mm. jumping from branch to branch to branch to branch until it becomes a giant mess. And at that point, what's the difference between yourself and a god? <laughs> It's still true. I, I really, that's a really good point. That's a fantastic point. Just like you are destroying the fabric of reality on multiple levels. That could be how we got <laughs> Kang, you know? Like mm. that could be how Kang started. Is it may have started as an accident and then he's like, ooh, I got away with something. And he's <laughs> like, screw this Infinity Stone. I figured out how I can do even crazier shit than that. Right. Uh, because we saw the TVA is more powerful than Infinity Stones. Pa Infinity Stones are paperweights to them. You oh know? my God, that was such a good image. It was so powerful yeah. and striking i was like oh my god there's so, so many so looking ahead if mm. nexus beings are going to start being a thing in the mcu which characters in the mcu will be nexus beings well that's a good question scarlet witch obviously right i mean uh, i would hope she, so <laughs> i think yeah she's got to be the nexus being for our dimension of the mcu which is technically earth one nine 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 is that five nines five nines <laughs> um but now um we may see reality where loki could evolve into a nexus right. being the god of mischief like he's already one step on that path by uh moving out of his home timeline into the tva mm. and if he gains the tva's trust and works with them he may gain enough power uh to affect all of reality 
and the future of the Marvel Universe. Oh my god, like, you know that this man is making a play to do just that. Like, he's trying to... I'm just so nervous about what Loki's gonna do by the end of the series. Like, oh my god. But yes, Loki is definitely a contender. And I think another contender, hopefully Loki will introduce us to, is Kang the Conqueror. Mm. I think uh, if you bring in Kang the Conqueror to the MCU and Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania and don't make him Nexus-level powerful, (laughs) I think it does a disservice to the character. I think Kang... It's such a complex weirdo, and we need to see him detached from his, uh, whatever timeline he came from. He's a guy who looks at timelines, like, uh, as what outfit of clothes he wants to wear that particular day. So, yeah, definitely Kang is the next being. But, do you think Vision... White Vision, uh, or some other form of Vision could be revealed as a Nexus being if they want to bring, uh, if they want to restore White Vision as the Red Vision form like they did in the comics. They brought him from another reality, mm. merged him with White Vision's body, and we got Vision back. Do you see that happening in the future, MT? I, I mean, it's possible, but I think that if any sort of Nexus-type deal was going to happen, it's it would probably tie into what we were talking about earlier with the fact that, you know, White Vision now runs on Chaos Energy. And, you know, if if, if we're going to be running into potentially, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but like if Shuma Gorath or some other multiversal threat is going to be um, on the horizon, he could use uh, White Vision as an avatar, sort of, because he he does have this chaos energy. So any chaos entity out there in the multiverse could potentially make that White Vision into um, a a Nexus being, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, But I could see that. Yeah. Um, now, I have to ask about Doctor Strange, because mm. he's someone who seems mm. like, as a master who knows how to navigate the, the multiverse, um, he could rise to that occasion. However, he specifically told Tony Stark that my goal is to protect your reality, douchebag, which makes me feel like he's <laughs> contained within a reality, as opposed to one who's just kind of ambivalently detached from any one particular one. So, I don't know, maybe a multiverse of madness will be a battle between Doctor Strange and Wanda over who gets to be this universe's nexus champion. That would be so... That'd be crazy. Now, uh, looking ahead beyond these titles in the MCU, uh, there are characters like Jean Grey, you know, Mm. Phoenix. Like, she... Hopefully, if they do something where the X-Men are in a different reality and Multiverse of Madness just merges those realities, I think Jean Grey would have been the Nexus being of that reality. I think that'd be really cool to see. That'd be super Uh, dope. You know know how uh, X-Men Days of Future Past ended with uh, Logan and talking to Patrick Stewart? Uh, Why am I blanking? Professor X. He's talking to Pref- yeah. Professor X of the games like we gotta fill you in on, on some stuff. What if they were? What if like the MCU like retcons that and be like, yeah, they were talking about you know some what some stuff happening in Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness and like how Jean Grey has to fight Wanda or some stuff in, in a Nexus battle or whatever. Um, so yeah. it'd be it'd be interesting and, and dope. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean uh, another reality that could get merged here would be you know something from the supernatural realm like hell. Like uh, mm. Mephisto could totally be a hey, one hundred percent. But Mephisto could basically be anything. He's a Pandora's box. You know, mm. however you want to use him, you could you could figure it out. It's true. But I also think uh, if they ever wanted to bring back Thanos, mm. uh, the fact that Thanos uh, vanished from his twenty fourteen timeline, I could see him being someone who transcends. Uh, realities. But how about this? Do we think Uatu the Watcher would be considered a Nexus being? I don't think so. I think he's just more no. of like a, uh, you know, just an observer. Uh, I don't think he has that much power. 
Because, like, there's been a yeah. lot of times where he, like, a lot of the times in the comics, he's just been like, hey, guys, I've been watching some stuff, and you guys need to interfere because I, I can't. And, like, I don't have that, yeah. the power to do anything. Yeah, I think Watchers are a special category, right, where they are um, they are outside of realities, mm-hmm. but they don't have, to be a true Nexus being, you have to have the ability to rewrite it right, to right. your own, um, you know, preference. And I don't think Uatu does that. But, like, like we mentioned earlier, uh, a huge contender is uh, Franklin Richards, because we're getting the Fantastic Four sure. very soon. And I think it would be very wise if Kevin Feige introduced the Fantastic Four with the kids already born. So, like, Franklin yeah. Richards, is he's Diesel. He's a very huge force in the Marvel Universe. So, like, if anyone has the potential to be another Nexus being, it's Franklin Richards. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think that'd be awesome to see. Well, that kind of covers, I think, everything we know so far about how the MCU is approaching this whole concept of what a Nexus being is. So hopefully that gave you some clarity as we head into episode two, three, four, five, and six of Loki. Well, great job, Eric. I I like that explanation. But before we dive into our bite-sized questions, we got to give you a word from all the lovely people that brought you big questions. First, we want to thank our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode. With big wireless providers, there's always a catch, right? That's what's cool about Mint Mobile and their premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. There's no catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they are the first company to sell wireless service online only. So by cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings directly to you. Here at New Rockstar's Philips switched to Mint Mobile and he really likes it. It's the same quality of service as his old plan, but at a fraction of the cost, and he got to keep his phone and his phone number. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped directly to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash big Q. That's mintmobile.com slash big Q. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash big Q. We also want to thank Honey for sponsoring this episode. We've all had the experience of shopping online, being ready to check out, and then there's that blank box next to the coupon code just taunting and mocking you for not being savvy enough to be saving money (laughs) on that pair of shorts, video games, Whatever you're buying. Well, with Honey, the coupon code BULLY has met its match. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, including tech, gaming, and even food delivery sites. And when you check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. After a few seconds of searching, Honey will apply the best coupon it finds to save you money. Offscreen producer Zach recently saved 10% and got free shipping on a tabletop board game using Honey. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, and it installs in a few seconds, and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid in supporting this show. I never recommend something I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash bigquestion. That's joinhoney.com slash bigquestion. Hey, MT, we got some bite-sized questions let's that people sent in for you to answer. You ready? Let's okay, let's see. We got one from uh, Crispy Chrissy on Discord uh, who asks, if there was no gauntlet to hold the Infinity Stones, what other article of clothing slash apparel could be comparable? And uh, how would the person wielding it activate the stones instead of by snapping? Interesting. That's a really good question, Crispy Yeah, great question. Chrissy. Um, okay, so throughout the MCU, we've seen the Infinity Stone housed in all s- different sorts of casings, such as the orb that held the Power Stone uh-huh. in Guardians of the Galaxy, or the Tesseract holding the Space Stone. And sometimes the Infinity Stones are housed in items that served 
practical purposes that harness the power of the stones, for example, Loki's staff holding the Mind Stone, or the Eye of Agamotto holding the Time Stone. We also see Ronan the Accuser slap the Power Stone right into that hammer for that instant planet-pulverizing weapon upgrade in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy Volume 1. Yeah! Is, yeah. Oof, that's a great hammer. I don't know how I found yeah. that hammer to do that, but that's, that's yeah. a diesel hammer. What a hammer. What a hammer. Uh, must have went to Lowe's. But it wasn't until Avengers Infinity War that we saw all six Infinity Stones finally combine into one item, a gauntlet. And this gauntlet was forged in the furnaces of Nidavellir. I hope I didn't pronounce that wrong. No, uh, you nailed it. <laughs> and is made of Uru, an extremely durable metal ore capable of withstanding the power of all six Infinity Stones. And of course, is also the material that Thor's hammer is made out of. And it's, uh -huh. it's a really old material. It's been around since the beginning of the universe, but yeah. I digress. Anyway, in Avengers Endgame, Tony uses nanotechnology to craft another gauntlet to hold the Infinity Stones. And while the nanotechnology seems to be able to wield the incredible power of the stones, it still leaks a lot of that energy to the wielder, causing severe damage to the Hulk when he undoes the snap and very uh, severe fatal damage to Tony Stark when he blips away everybody at the end of Avengers Endgame and, you know, dies. R.I.P. Tony, sorry. Right. But... Could something other than a gauntlet wield all six stones? Is what my girl Crispy Chrissy is asking. So, in Thanos number five in 2004, we saw Galactus arrange all six Infinity Stones into something called a focusing crux. Um, mm. He was attempting to rid himself of his insatiable need for devouring planets, which, bro, I feel you, man. Yeah. Sometimes eating just is so good. You just gotta. Right. So right. Good. It's delicious. So he was attempting to rid himself of his insatiable need for devouring planets, but wound up opening a portal and unleashing an interdimensional parasite called hunger. And there's no fancy movement that Galactus has to do to activate the stones. He just puts the stones in the focusing crux and it just works. Yay, comics. Hmm. <laughs> and Thanos actually tries to stop him from using the stones, warning him that it's sort of like a monkey's pot scenario with those stones. Ah. So as for what item I would choose to hold the stones, you know that your boy got to go with a fanny pack. You know what I'm saying? It's the best way. <laughs> it's the best way to use an infinity stone. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't be caught dead with an infinity fanny pack because God. See, I would I would have like a key tie and just like play like different like soul, 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 space, soul, 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 time, soul, soul. Oh my God, I dig it. That would be great. Yeah, thank you for answering that one, MT. I love that answer. No problem. But it is time for our next segment of the show. It's the Box of Scraps. Rah, rah, rah. Box of Scraps. And today's Box of Scraps question is, Eric, if you could create your own branch timeline, what changes would you make? Oh, um, I think I would just make it so that it's it's pretty much the way things are right now, except social media didn't have comment sections. <laughs> Remove the ability the to peace comment. that would enter the world if that happened. The instantaneous world peace. I think you solved it. <laughs> yep. Other than that, I'll take all the bad stuff. Just get rid of that. And I think it's, I think we can figure it out everything from there. Honestly, if, if for me, it would just be, I would just do the one thing that everyone's been clamoring for, for just many years. I would um, make guac free. Like why is guac yeah. extra? Why? Why? Guac will be free in my time. to be. You're welcome. Yeah. MT2024. Just... <laughs> It should be free. Exactly. And you know, it could be free in California. The avocados do grow on trees out here. Exactly. So It's so easy to find. Come on. Free guac. 2024. Free guac. You can afford it. You can afford it, Chipotle. You can afford to give guac for free. Come on. But anyways, that is our episode of Big Question. Thank you so much to Eric, as always, for joining me this episode. You can follow him at EA Voss, and you can follow me at Mastertainment on all of our social medias. But most importantly, follow new rock stars 
wherever we are, but especially on YouTube, make sure to hit that notification bell so you can get notifications whenever we upload a new video and send us a, your big questions by using the hashtag big question and subscribe to this podcast feed and give us a nice rating and review and all that. So again, subscribe to new rock stars and we'll see you guys next time. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.